Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Episode 97. Today, I am going to be talking about the first season of Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. I'm also going to be reviewing the first season of Superman and Lois from CW, as well as episode 5 of both uh, Book of Boba Fett and Peacemaker. Uh, Before any of that, I am going to be getting into some movie news, so without further ado, let's cut to the intro. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Getting into some movie-slash-pop culture news here, uh, what do I want to start with? There's a couple things. Uh, one sec here. Let me, I need my glasses. Uh, there's two things having to do with Marvel, one thing having to do with Star Wars, and one thing having to do with Disney live-action movies. Um, and both of the Marvel things have to do with Multiverse of Madness, which I believe I will save for after I get through the other stuff. Starting off with the Disney live-action remake, PopCulture.com reports Disney has lined up another live-action remake of a beloved animated classic. The studio is reportedly putting together a remake of the hit 1970 film The Aristocats. Uh, Will Gluck, who directed Peter Rabbit 2, is writing and producing the film, the live-action remake will be inspired by the original film, which followed a group of aristocratic... Uh, aristocratic cats from Paris who are about to inherit a fortune from their owner. After the woman's jealous butler kidnaps them to hold them for ransom, they get lost in the countryside. On their way back to Paris, they meet smooth-talking alley cat named Thomas O'Malley. Um, yeah, I knew nothing about that because I think the last time I watched this film, uh, and I grew up with VHS tapes and a VHS player. So the last time I watched this was on a VHS tape. Um, probably. It's probably under like seven years old. So I haven't watched this movie for years. But um, it should be interesting. Hopefully it's not as terrifying as Cats. But um, I don't know. Uh, I'm interested to see who they're going to have voice certain characters. That should be cool. The thing that has me worried is the Will Gluck. Who directed Peter Rabbit 2. Saying that like it's some sort of uh accomplishment (laughs) to be fair i haven't seen the movie so maybe it's good but i highly doubt it because i'm james corden uh let me see here mary elizabeth can't talk mary elizabeth winstead cast in an unknown role for the upcoming ahsoka series that sounds fucking dope i love mary elizabeth winstead i love ahsoka um don't know a whole lot about ahsoka because i haven't watched clone wars but i still think she's badass so Um, yeah, interesting. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And, uh, to note this, actually, she is dating Ewan McGregor, who's going to be showing up in his own Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So possibly there'll be some crossover, but probably not because it's like different time frames, but we'll see. Uh, what else? Oh yeah. 
Now we're getting into the Multiverse of Madness news. Uh, I'll start with this one here. Possible leaked image of Tom Cruise on the set of Multiverse of Madness. Many speculate he will be playing a multiver uh, multiversal version of Iron Man slash Tony Stark. And that brings me to, and this is a little bit of old news at this point. I don't know how much of all of this will be true. But um, you can only speculate with movie news like this, no matter what website you get it from. But a recent Amazon listing for a t-shirt shows the Avengers logo, which is very reminiscent of the one we got in Age of Ultron uh, with kind of the red background. Um, and the shirt is specifically branded for Multiverse of Madness. And the description of it is, Experience Doctor Strange in a whole new mind-bending adventure with Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, this Avengers t-shirt showcases the Avengers logo from our four Earth's Mightiest Heroes that just might be from a whole new multiverse. Available now in youth, youth and adult sizes. Get it in t-shirt, premium t-shirt, tank top v-neck, long sleeve tee, and sweatshirt. Uh, yeah, so that brings me to my next point. Uh, if you head over to my Instagram, at Pop Culture Podcast, a link in the description will take you to my website. And on that website, it'll take, uh, you should find a link to my bonfire store where I am selling a t-shirt with my pop culture podcast logo inspired by Star Wars. Um, it's not like the background with the seats and all that in the screen, uh, and like the stars behind it. It's just like the straight logo. And I think it looks really cool. Got one on the way for myself. Definitely recommend you pick one up. It'll support me and support the podcast. <laughs> So, on the note of uh, a multiversal Avengers team, uh, I decided I'm going to cast my picks for my multiversal version of the Avengers. I thought that would be fun. So, starting with Iron Man slash Tony Stark, as I said before, uh, Tom Cruise seems to be most likely playing the character. That's what a lot of people are speculating. But I, just to be different, I chose John Hamm. I think he can uh, definitely pull off the kind of suaveness of Iron Man, the um, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist kind of uh, kind of deal there. I think he can pull off that energy. Uh, I haven't seen him in Mad Men, but I'm sure you can get some kind of Tony Stark vibes off of him from that being kind of a philanthropist. Um, but for my Captain America pick, I actually didn't choose Captain America. I chose Haley Atwell as Captain Carter slash Peggy Carter from What If. Uh, this is my dream scenario. She shows up in Multiverse of Madness. Honestly, it would make sense, and I think it would be a great choice. For Black Widow slash Natasha Romanoff, I actually chose the person who voiced her in what if like bell i think she could pull off being a badass female uh kicking ass with with cool moves and shit like that being a little bit of a poser a little bit of a reference to black widow there but yeah lake bell i think she could kill it so let's do it uh, for Thor, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna save uh Hulk for last because I have an interesting pick. But for Thor, I chose Charlie Hunnam, which I'm sure is 
a lot of people's picks for like their Wolverine and stuff and would probably be a lot of people's picks for their Thor if they had to recast him. I don't know. I think he could do it. I haven't really seen Charlie Hunnam in a whole lot, but he has the physique and just kind of the look. And I I assume he has the acting chops. I think he's been in a lot of good stuff. So Charlie Hunnam as Thor. I think he could pull it off. As Hawkeye slash Clint Barton, I chose Supernatural's Jensen Ackles. Uh, he is going to be cast as Soldier Boy for The Boys on Amazon Prime Video. But I think he would make a pretty good Clint Barton. And last but not least, Hulk slash Bruce Banner. I chose a really interesting pick here. Uh, Eric Bana, who played him in the... Uh, which one was that? Uh, let me see here. Hulk. 2003. Uh, bring back Eric Bana from the Hulk 2003. Let's just say he joined this team uh, with John Hamm and Lake Bell and... Haley Atwell gets thrown into the mix. You have Charlie Hunnam and Jen Snackle, but you have, you know, you have all these people who, I mean, Lake Bell and Haley Atwell, granted, they were both in a Marvel, like, MCU um, project with What If. But Eric Bana is, like, one of those kind of legacy characters, like they kind of did. And spoiler alert for No Way Home, but I'm sure a lot of you have watched it by now. It's been out for, like, almost two months. But, or like almost a month. I think it's been a month now. But how they brought back Toby and Andrew. Um, it's something they could do with that. Because there's so much talk about bringing back like certain actors as the X-Men characters and all that kind of stuff. And all these, all these legacy characters. Like maybe Ben Affleck as Daredevil and stuff like that. Um, so I think it'd be interesting to bring back Eric. Eric Bana, uh, I've seen like up, like newer updated photos of him and he, he still seems like he can pull it off and they could even de-age him a little bit. It's not like he's going to be like the main character of the movie. Um, he'd probably just be a cameo, but I think that'd be a really cool choice because the 2003 Hulk is not very good. Neither is Incredible Hulk in my opinion, but, um, 2003, Hulk especially is not very good and maybe we could give Eric Bana some redemption there. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, I'm not sure if there's any like um, Easter eggs or anything like that in the Hulk movie from 2003 because I don't know if they really had the rights to reference certain characters or not and it's been a while since I've watched it. I've only seen it once and I did not like it so I haven't watched it again but I don't know, I, th I think that'd be really fucking cool if they brought back Arab. <laughs> just saying. Um, just saying, Wendy Williams. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for movie news right now. I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff. I saw there were some, like, set photos of um, Amelia Clark and then Ben Mendelsohn and Samuel Jackson on the set of uh, Secret Invasion coming out for Disney+. Plus. Other than that, uh, I'm sure there's a lot more that I'm just forgetting or just didn't write down. But I mainly try to stick to, like, Marvel stuff because that's what interests me most. If you really want to hear a lot more movie news, I recommend you go check out 3C Films, Chris Parker, over on YouTube. I think he's great, and he has some, some great movie news, and I always wonder 
well, I know how he finds it, but at the same time, just the way he conveys it with so much energy and stuff, I really enjoy watching his videos. So if you want to hear some more movie news that maybe I didn't talk about, a little more variety, definitely go check out Chris Parker 3C Films on YouTube. But yeah, that's all I got for movie news. So let's get into my topics of the day. All right. So Only Murders in the Building is an original series from Hulu. Stars Steve Martin as Charles Hayden Savage, Martin Short as Oliver Putnam, and Selena Gomez as Mabel Mora. Um, or is it Moira? I think it's Moira. The show is created by John Hoffman and Steve Martin. A lot of the episodes are written by them, I believe, as well. And let me see here. Some supporting cast slash characters. Aaron Dominguez as Oscar. We have Amy Ryan as Jan, which I was very happy to see Amy Ryan in here. If you don't know, she was in the American version of The Office. Uh, we have Jackie Hoffman as Uma Heller. Hopefully I'm saying her first name right. And I'm wondering if Jackie Hoffman, if she's related to one of the creators. But we also have Teddy Kaluka as Lester. Jane Howdy Shell as Bunny. Uh, Vanessa, I'm going to butcher a lot of names here, just just warning you. Vanessa Espelaga as Ursula. Uh, Julian uh, Kihi, C-I-H-I, I'm not sure, uh, as Tim Kono. Oh, who else? I'm trying to like get the main people here. James Caverly as Theodemus. Uh, Michael... Cyril, Cyril uh, Creighton as Howard Morris. We also have Tina Fey in here as Cinda Canning. Nathan Lane as Teddy Demas. And I'm going to stop there. Um, although Sting is in the show as well as one of the tenants at the apartment they live in. Jane Lynch shows up as uh, Saz Pataki. Um, Jimmy Fallon shows up in the show as well. It's, like, on his show, but it's the characters in the show, so can't be, like, just taken from his his late-night show. But um, the real stars here are the main three, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. They all have such great chemistry together. And for those of you who don't know what this show is about, I didn't really know a whole lot about it going into it. I knew it was about a murder in a apartment building, and uh, that these three were investigating it. But in the show, they're actually making a true crime podcast about what's going on and investigating it, which for me, being both a lover and a maker of podcasts, um, I really love that aspect of the show, especially since podcasting is becoming such a big thing. Like, they even kind of talked about it in the show a little bit about how, like, everybody has a podcast these days. And, um, yeah, there's just so much to enjoy about the show, but essentially it always comes down to the main three. Um, they are strangers in the beginning, but they come together through their love of true crime podcasts. Uh, specifically, I believe it was called Oklahoma by Cindy Canning in the show, played by Tina Fey. 
She is kind of a true crime podcaster, huge, big deal in the show. Um, but yeah, they're essentially investigating the murder of Tim Kono uh, in the show. Or, in yeah, in the show and making a podcast about it. And they're trying to find different... Well, they have their suspects, which is essentially everybody in the building but they whittle it down like you should in an investigation to certain suspects. And at certain times, they think they know exactly who did it. But then by circumstance, it's just like, oh, this person couldn't have done it because of this. Or this person definitely couldn't have done it because of this. And um, yeah, I love mystery kind of stuff. Like I'm really into it. I don't watch enough mystery, like, films or TV shows. Sometimes, because a lot of them aren't the greatest. Like, uh, I didn't care for Murder on the Orient Express. But, something like Knives Out. It's a very different kind of, uh, kind of mystery film. Um, I don't want to spoil anything in case you haven't seen it. Definitely recommend you go watch it. They're actually going to be on Netflix soon, the first one, and then the two sequels are going to come out on Netflix as well. That's beside the point here. They're whittling down each suspect, and I don't know, it's just really fun to watch, and then there's certain things about the three main characters themselves that they don't really talk about and the others don't really know about, but as they become closer, there's certain things that they're let in on by each other, which I really loved. As I said before, their chemistry is just really great in this show. And I haven't seen Selena Gomez in anything for a while. Um, you know, she started off on Disney Channel. Most like, uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for here? But more specifically, she started off on Barney with Demi Lovato. Um, for those of you who don't know that. But yeah, Selena Gomez was huge when I was younger on the Disney Channel with Wizards of Waverly Place and whatnot. I was a huge fan of that show. And then she kind of went off and did a music career for quite a while. And I'm sure she's still doing that. But it's good to see her acting and stuff again. And I really enjoyed her character in here of uh, Mabel. Martin Short is somebody who I've never watched a whole lot that he's been in. Um, you know, I remember him from Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause. Which that movie isn't the greatest, but... Um, yeah, what else have I seen him in? I guess he's Gordy in Big Mouth, which I never finished all of that. But it looks like he did a lot of voice work for, like, BoJack Horseman, uh, Simpsons, like, Cat in the Hat and stuff. A lot of kids, kids' shows. He was in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which I think I only watched the first season of. But, yeah, did a lot of voice work. I never, uh, never realized that. But yeah, Martin Short's great, and he's a great comedian as well. Uh, and then you have Steve Martin, of course, which honestly... what? I guess Father of the Bride Part 3-ish? Sorry, I just saw something on his IMDb, and I'm really confused. Did this even come out? <laughs> Release date. Let me see a release date. I've never seen the original. I guess it came out. I didn't hear about it. 
But yeah, Steve Martin's one of those actors where I feel like I haven't seen him do much in years. The last time I think he was in something really notable, and it's kind of sad to say this, but it's the Pink Panther films. I don't remember those being good. I think I only watched the first one, but he's really... um. For me, at least, he's known for, like, Cheaper by the Dozen. Uh, what else? I guess that's what I think of first when I think of uh, Steve Martin. But I'm sure I've watched a lot of stuff that he's in. Plane, Trains, and Automobiles is one I still need to watch. It's on my voodoo, but still haven't gotten to it. But yeah, Steve Martin's a great actor. I love him. Um, somebody I, I just remember growing up watching in certain movies but yeah all three of these people are really great actors and had really great chemistry and it's a really fun show and uh you know at times it gets serious there's certain moments where it kind of there's flashbacks and then there's also flash forwards i'm fine with the flashbacks in the show because it adds to like the development of the case and the investigation but like the flash forwards, there's one in the very beginning of the first episode. And then there's also one like in one of the later episodes, either eight or nine, where it like flashed two months later, but it then just went back to like the main plot that it was or like the main timeline that it was uh set in. And I'm just like, you didn't need to do the whole flash forwarding thing to have like because it does leave the, the show, or the the season at least, leaves you on a cliffhanger. And they teased it in both the beginning and the very first episode. And then also, like, one of the later episodes. And I'm just like, you didn't need to do the whole flash-forward thing. That would have been a better surprise if you would have just saved it. But, oh well. And then there was a whole thing about two... Warner Brothers characters in costumes, uh, being in, um, Charles, yeah, his, his apartment, and, like, following him around and kind of taunting him, and they explained it, but at the same time, it was just really weird. They do some really odd things in the show. Most of them work, but there's a couple that, that didn't quite work for me. Uh, I won't get into two specifics here because I really want you guys to go watch this. It's only 10 episodes. They're about, you know, 30 to 35 minutes each. Um, it's really fun. Only one season. Doesn't take a whole lot to to go in and binge it all, uh, which is what I did. And I love shows like this that are just starting off so I can be all caught up with it and cover it freshly rather than being like, Oh, do you guys remember Friends? I just watched that show. Isn't Friends great? Which, by the way, I'm not going to watch Friends because I've watched episodes of that and I just do not like it. But I'm getting way off topic. There was my review for The Only Murders in the Building, Season 1. If I had to give a ranking on it, I'd probably give it a 9 out of 10. Um, a lot of twists and turns. But when it really boils down to it, it's just those main three cast members and their chemistry that just makes this show for me. So yeah, nine out of ten, nine out of ten for this first season. Really solid. Again, it's on Hulu if you want to go watch it. Ten episodes, about thirty to thirty-five minutes each. 
won't take you that long to watch it. So please do yourself a favor and do it. Yeah, once again, there was my review for Only Murders in the Building. All right, The Book of Boba Fett, Episode 5. And I also wanted to say going forward, I am going to be mainly getting straight into spoilers when it comes to reviewing these episodes uh, week to week. Makes it easier for me. Also, I'm going to get into the spoilers. uh, But then after I record the spoiler section, I'll tell you guys how how long to skip ahead or like how much to skip ahead if you don't want to hear spoilers. Um, Mainly because I don't want anybody to hear anything they don't want to hear. Uh, If they're really waiting to watch the the show or the episode or whatever it may be. Um, But I also don't want to limit myself on how much I can talk about it. Saying like, oh yeah, probably just skip ahead like six or seven minutes. Because I don't think I have a whole lot to say. And then by that seven minutes, or when that seven minutes is up, then I'm just like, oh, I had a little more to say, but I can't say it now. And I don't want to tell people to skip ahead more. So I'm going to try to do this. (laughs) Hopefully it doesn't turn out terrible, but I'm going to try to record a non-spoiler, or not a non-spoiler, but a spoiler review of the episode and kind of break down the episode. But then after that, like, look at how long I, um, how long I went with that and then record just like, if you don't want to hear any spoilers, skip ahead to, um, you know, this time frame or whatever, skip ahead this many minutes. I don't know. I don't know why I'm explaining it so much, but I just need to change up my system there. And also, I believe I said this before, but when it comes to like non-spoiler reviews for an episode of a series, there's not always a whole lot you can say. So yeah, I feel like for me going forward, it will be easier. And also for the people who really want to hear about it, it'll be easier. And then for the people who don't want to hear about it, hopefully it'll be easier for them too. Something I'm going to try out and hopefully do going forward also i'm gonna try to implement this on a youtube but usually when i'm uploading episodes i don't try to do a whole lot with the description i usually just take the description from my podcast episode and pop it into youtube but i realize i should probably add like my links and stuff like that to like social media and my website and all that kind of stuff um as well as probably timestamps. but i don't think i'll end up doing the timestamps. Maybe I will, I don't know, but usually when it comes to uploading an episode, I'm just trying to get it out, you know, but going forward, it's something I'm going to try. I'm not going to like go back to a bunch of my episodes and try to like figure out the timestamps, but maybe I'll put my links there. Don't know why I'm talking so much about this, but also I just kind of wanted to explain why things are changing, but, um, Yeah, let's get into some uh, spoiler talk for The Book of Boba Fett, Episode 5. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers for The Book of Boba Fett, Episode 5, I would recommend you skip ahead nine minutes starting now. Alright, Book of Boba Fett, Episode 5 is titled Return of the Mandalorian. And we spend this entire episode with Din Djarin, or Din Djarin, I believe. Um, Catching up with him after the events of Mandalorian Season 2. I will say I'm going to go a little out of order here. But at the end of the episode, it ties it in with Book of Boba Fett with Fennec Shan coming in, asking him to kind of be their muscle, um, even offers to pay him. But since it's his boy Boba, he's like, oh, no, I got you guys. Um, but first, he has to go see a little friend, which I'm wondering if we're going to see 
Grogu in the next episode. I'm guessing we're going to see Mando in the next episode, but I don't know about Grogu. Um, but we shall see. I don't know how I feel about this episode being completely, you know, just focusing on Mandalorian or Din Djarin. Um, because the show is called The Book of Boba Fett. And I don't think they ever did this with the Mandalorian series. As far as I can remember, I don't think they ever had a single episode without the main character in the fucking in the fucking episode. Fennec Shan, yeah, fine, we have her in here, but the the show's called The Book of Boba Fett. And like the Mandalorian is called the Mandalorian because he's the Mandalorian. I mean, obviously it's not called Din Djarin, but um you know, I don't think we ever had a single episode, and I could be wrong, but I don't think we ever had a single episode of The Mandalorian without The Mandalorian himself. Um, and, I don't know, it just makes me worry about this show, and it makes me worry about the character. It makes me feel like they don't have full faith in the character they have and the story that they're telling. I mean, Mandalorian's such a big character, of course they have to have him in the show. But at the same time, and I understand them making a full episode about The Mandalorian because there's a lot to catch up on after the events of Season 2, uh, the finale of Season 2. Um, I get it. But at the same time, it just feels weird. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. But that being said, I haven't really watched any reactions yet. This is like fresh after watching the episode. I'm reviewing it. And... I just don't know how I feel about it, but let's keep reviewing the episode, kind of breaking it down. Uh, Paz Vizsla wants the saber. Paz Vizsla, and I'm probably saying his name wrong, but he's played by John Favreau, and his ancestor actually made the dark saber, so he fought Mando for it, lost. Um, the armorer asks both of them if they've ever taken off their helmet, and Mando's truthful. He says, "Yes, I have taken off my helmet." And then he gets banished, and he's technically no longer a Mandalorian, even though he still has the armor. And I'm sure everybody else still thinks he's a Mandalorian. But, um, the beginning of the episode was really great. The introduction to Mando. Um, honestly, I, the way I watched it, I was on Disney+. Plus and there's, they do this a lot, but for a while, like, the episode title won't be available on Disney+. Plus. I don't even know if they really showed it in the episode. They probably did, and I just missed it. Uh, actually, yeah, I think I remember them showing it. But, um, yeah, a lot of times on Disney+, Plus, it'll take a while for the episode title to actually show up on there. Um, and same goes for, like, IMDb. But I didn't know the episode title going into it, so I had no fucking clue that Mando was going to show up. I had a feeling he'd show up in the series at some point, but... um. I had no idea it would be this episode. Uh, how many episodes are there going to be in this season? Let me see. It's already... Wow. Oh, wait. I'm looking at The Mandalorian. I was like, season three already? Uh, the new season of Mandalorian is supposed to come out this year. I'm not sure exactly when. Uh, seven episodes of Book of Boba Fett, and that's it. So... Only two episodes left after this. I don't know how I feel about that because it still doesn't feel very coherent and doesn't feel like there was much of a plot going on to begin with. I mean, there was, but I don't know. I just feel like we're still 
kind of getting there. I don't know. I haven't been caring for this season very much. And I'm not a huge fan of what they're doing with Boba Fett. That being said, I've never been that attached to the character. But still, I don't know. It just seems a little out of character for him to be acting the way he is. I understand he had some life experiences that changed him. And also it's his main series. So he has to be like a likable kind of at least anti-hero. But um, I don't know. It just feels different for Boba Fett. I still like Tamora Morrison as uh, as Boba Fett. I think he's great. But, yeah. Uh, let's keep breaking down this episode here. Because there's still a few things I wanted to talk about. Uh, Mando gets a new ship from Pele Moto. Uh, played by Amy Sedaris, who we've seen in Mandalorian a few times. I think for at least three episodes. Um, he gets an N1 Starfighter from the Galactic Republic. Um which Galactic Republic would be like prequels, I believe. I'm not an expert on Star Wars, but I believe that's like Phantom Menace slash Attack of the Clones right before the Galactic Empire took over. Um, the ship is off the grid. He gets stopped by a couple space cops and some X-Wings, um, but ends up getting away, and they don't really go after him or anything. They don't want to do the paperwork, which... Is kind of funny because that's like something you'd hear in a cop show or something like that. But, um, yeah, uh, let me see here. We saw a BD droid like we saw in Jedi Fallen Order, the game, which, if you haven't played that, I highly recommend it. Is there anything else I wanted to say? I feel like I might be forgetting something. Um, for. Mando to redeem himself he has to do I forget exactly what but it has something to do with the mines on Mandalore which we saw back or a flashback of that getting destroyed um he has to leave the dark saber in like a box when he gets on a commercial like space shuttle which I thought was kind of funny it reminds me of getting on a plane and having to leave your luggage and Always worrying if it's going to be there when you get to your destination. Um, especially with having something like the Darksaber in a box. Just not knowing where it is really. And having a very good possibility that somebody might steal it. Especially since it's, you know, the most valuable fucking thing in the galaxy. But, great episode. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say really. Um, I think that's about all I wanted to say. But yeah, really great episode. Still has me worried about the rest of the series as a whole. But um, yeah, this is essentially just an episode of The Mandalorian. So <laughs> I'm not complaining. I love The Mandalorian and I love Din Djarin. I think he's a great character. So yeah, there's my review for episode five of The Book of Boba Fett, Return of the Mandalorian. Um, I'd love to know what you guys think. I don't know. I'm sure there's like diehard Star Wars fans out there who love it. There's probably diehard Star diehard Star Wars fans that don't like it. But I feel like a lot of people are really going to like this episode. And right after I'm done reviewing this episode, I'm going to go watch The Real Rejects. Watch it because that's usually what I do after watching an episode of something. Um, I'm like, all right, where's The Real Rejects reaction? 
But um, if you want any good breakdowns on episodes, because I'm not like a master of breakdowns, that's not typically what I try to do. I just really review and kind of give things from my perspective. But if you want good like breakdown, new rock stars, I always recommend them. They do great breakdowns when it comes to shows like this. So definitely go check them out. But that's all I have for this review of Book of Boba Fett. All right, Superman and Lois is a series that started in 2021, so last year. Still going on, and the second season just started on the 11th, so looks like there should be two episodes out at the moment, or three episodes, rather. Um, I don't know if I'm going to watch those yet, but I will say I did start this uh, season before, a while back, and I got a decent amount or like a decent way into the the season before I stopped watching it. I think I might have gotten to episode 10, and then I stopped around that point, which that episode aired on June 15th. Uh, the last episode of the season premiered on August 17th. So that's been... <sighs> can't talk. So that's been how long... Um, <sighs> oh my god, I cannot talk. That's how long it's been <laughs> since I've watched the show. Uh, I think I've actually tried to start watching it again at one other point, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, now I finished it, finally. And what do I think of it? I like a lot of things about it, but then there's also certain things that I don't necessarily care for, but don't also necessarily ruin the the series for me. I don't know. I go a little back and forth. I'm not a huge fan of the storyline that they went with for this first season. Um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to the villain of the next season. That's that's mainly my only complaint about this first season here. Is I don't really care for the villain. Um, the villain in here is Morgan Edge. He's this kind of billionaire you know, British dude, um, very charming, but at the same time, very mysterious, and I don't know, he's definitely a typical villain, he's the kind of person you look at him, and the way he talks to people, it's just like, you're literally a super villain, (laughs) but, um, yeah, Morgan Edge is the villain of this first season, um, and you have a great cast here. Like, seriously, the main four characters. Honestly, not even the main four. The supporting characters as well. I really enjoyed. Um, you have Tyler Hodgson. I believe that's how you say his name. Which you might know him from. Teen Wolf as Derek Hale. I have never watched that show. But he was also in Palm Springs. The one with uh, Andy Samberg and uh, Kristen Melody, I think. But yeah, he also showed up. In Arrow, The Flash, Batwoman, Supergirl. Um, So he was a part of the Arrowverse. But now, as far as I know, this is like a separate universe from all of those. Especially like Supergirl. I could be wrong. But I never really kept up with that that stuff. I watched a good majority of Arrow. I think maybe the season 5 or 6 or something like that. I can't remember how many there are. Um, I watched a decent amount of The Flash. That's one I kind of want to restart, but I don't know. When it comes to these CW shows, you have, I don't know, like 23 episodes. Um, I, I, I really hate the release schedule of 
of a CW. I forgot how much I hate it. Um, you essentially have maybe 23 or something like that episodes. They're about 40 minutes each. And obviously it's CW. So if you're watching it on either their app or uh, on TV, you have to deal with commercials. And that's a big reason why I stopped watching Superman and Lois is because I was watching it on their app uh, like the day after and I was just getting sick of commercials what can I say I'm spoiled rotten and I'm used to streaming services and stuff that don't have commercials um, but that's one of the big reasons I stopped watching it at that point and then also the release schedule is just a nightmare uh, let me look at this actually because there was a huge gap between all right there wasn't a huge gap in between the episodes for superman and lois i don't think oh yeah the first like five episodes came out in march i don't know but when it comes to like the flash and stuff like that and i don't know if it's still like this but there's like a huge gap in between the season because just the release schedule they, like, take a huge break from it, and then they come back to the season, and it just makes it feel incoherent, kind of. Or not incoherent, but it just makes it feel like, oh, man, I kind of forgot what happened, because it's been, like, three months since the show's been on, and we're still in this one season. Again, I don't know if it's still like that, but when I watched cable TV, it was like that for me, um, especially with CW. I don't know. I have my... I, I have a lot of complaints with CW, honestly. Just some of their budget isn't the greatest either. But with Superman and Lois, they have, like, HBO money. For the most part. Not, like, Game of Thrones money. But um, I, I believe HBO did throw a little bit of money at this series. And it shows in certain parts. There's really amazing, like, CGI and special effects. And they look really cool. Um, but it's still kind of CW, so... There's some goofy-looking things for sure. Not as goofy as you see in, like, Supergirl or The Flash, where it just looks so bad with their CG. But it has its moments. Uh, other people in the cast... Oh, I was still talking about uh, Tyler Hodgson, I believe. Um, his Clark Kent slash Superman, he's my first favorite, and Henry Cavill's actually my second. So that should tell you how good this guy is at being Superman. He is definitely my favorite Superman. I've uh, never had too much attachment to the character. I always think he's kind of OP. But um, this show really made me love Superman for like numerous reasons. But he was one of the main reasons why I really love Superman now. It's because he portrays the character so well. And then you have Elizabeth Tolich. Talek, Talich, as uh, Lois Lane. I think she's a very good Lois Lane, for sure. She's always dropping a bunch of wisdom, and she has some really great lines. Uh, let me see if I can pull some up in my notes. They were mainly in the beginning, like, beginning episodes. Uh, your life falling apart doesn't make you special. It makes you human. Felt that. Nobody dreams about their problems, but every life has them. That's probably my favorite quote from Lois Lane in this first season. Like, damn. Put that on a shirt. 
Maybe you don't. That's kind of depressing, but still. <laughs> you have Jordan L. Elsass, I believe is how you say his name. Right? Probably. Uh, as Jordan Kent. And then you have Alex Garfin as... Did I say Jordan Kent for Jordan Elsass? Jonathan Kent. And then Alex Garfin as Jordan Kent. I know it's a little confusing because the actor's name for Jonathan is Jordan. And then Alex... Garfin is Jordan in the show. It's it's confusing, kind of. And I get them mixed up quite a bit. I mean, they're di very different characters. It's just the names that I get mixed up. But um, we have Jonathan, who in the beginning of the series was this huge football star at his high school. And um, I think he was like in varsity as a freshman, which is a really big deal. Uh if you know anything about sports, which I don't know much, but still, it's a big deal. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, and then Jordan kind of has some social anxiety and has his issues. Honestly, they all have their issues, but in different ways. And uh, I don't want to spoil too much, so I'm not going to say too much right now, but I might get into some spoiler talk in a bit. I'm not too sure. Um, but you have Eric Valdez as Kyle Cushing, um, then Indy Nav Navarrete, is that how you say it, as Sarah Cushing, uh, Emmanuel Shriqui, probably saying that wrong, probably saying that wrong, <laughs> I had to take a, another look at that, as uh, Lana Lang Cushing, which Lana Lang is like the childhood friend slash love interest of Clark Kent. Um, Dylan Walsh coming in as uh, Lois Lane's father, General Sam Lane. Wool Parks as John Henry Irons. Um, that was kind of a spoiler there, a little bit, but also not really. If you don't know anything, then that means nothing to you. Uh, but Adam Rayner coming in as Morgan Edge. We have Sophia Hasmick as Chrissy Beppo. The, uh, I don't know, like the owner of the Smallville Gazette. Their kind of news, or not news, but their publishing company. Uh, what else here? Stacy Farber as Leslie Lar. And I'm going to stop it right there because I don't think there's anything... Oh yeah, Warren Lee as Tag Harris and Lee Leah Wong as Emily Fan. Those are two kind of important characters as well. Uh, then Angus McFadden as Jor El, the father of Kal El, aka Clark Kent, aka Superman. And then this is the one I was trying to find. Uh, Kayla Heller as Tegan Wickham, I believe is one of the love interests in here. But yeah. This show, who was it created by? Obviously, Superman was created by Joe Schuster and Jerry Siegel. But, let me see. Uh, developed by Greg Berlanti and Todd Helbing, I believe. Uh, yeah. Let me see what they are known for. Greg Berlanti... Director, directed Love, Simon. I like that movie. Writer, 
He's written quite a few episodes of, uh, or actually it looks like he created The Flash, DC's Legend of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Titans, You, holy crap. That's insane. Arrow, so he's like, he's, he's a big deal. And then Stargirl as well. Well, goddamn, I'm impressed. And he was also a producer on 2011's Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds, so there you go. <laughs> but let me see here. Uh, Todd Helding, looks like he's worked on a lot of, uh, or maybe not a lot. Looks like he's worked on uh, The Flash and then also Smallville. Very nice. Very nice, which I'm sure if you're a Superman fan, you you definitely know what Smallville is. Um, very cool. Great cast. Pretty good writing. There's times where um, it's not my favorite. A little soap opera But I didn't even tell you the plot. Um, the plot of this show is essentially Superman's been Superman for quite a while. And... Uh, he ends up moving back to Smallville with Lois and his two boys, Jonathan and Jordan. And that's about all I can say without spoiling anything. Then you also have this CEO guy, uh, Morgan Edge, who wants something with Smallville. Uh, having to do with their minds. And I'm afraid I might have already said too much, but I, I should be fine. Great series, though. It, it has its ups and downs for sure. Um, but for the most part, I really did enjoy watching this and I will definitely be watching the second season. Still not sure if I'm going to, uh, wait for all the episodes to be out or try to watch it weekly. Um, like I said, the first three episodes are already out. I'm wondering, let me see what their, uh, plan is for season two. Cause the first season was 15 episodes and, uh, so far, I'm only seeing four episodes of um, popping up on IMDb. I doubt there's only going to be four episodes, but I'm wondering if they're going to take that gap like CW usually does. Um, that would be disappointing and stupid. It's just like, why the fuck would you do that? Like, start a show, get like four or five episodes in, and then like, just stop for a while? I don't know. It's dumb. I'm the kind of person where I'm just like, Release it all at once so I can sit down and watch it all. It makes it easier for me to review on the podcast. Uh, but at the same time, it gives me something to talk about week to week. Um, so it has its pros and cons. I don't know if I'm going to get into spoilers here. I kind of want to. Hmm. I don't even know if I'd have much to say, to be honest. Like, I know everything that happens, I just don't really feel like talking about spoilers. Um, and I don't really have a whole lot of insight to, like, break things down. I just have basic knowledge of Superman. <sighs> I don't know. I would put out a poll, but I'm recording it right now, so I kind of have to decide right now if I want to go into spoiler talk. But I think I'm going to do it anyways because there is stuff to say about it and it'll make the episode longer. So extra content. Um, so yeah, 
I am going to get into some spoilers about the first season of Superman and Lois. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers, I recommend you uh, skip ahead about 9 minutes and 25 seconds. That should cover it. Alright, so in terms of spoilers, I really don't have a whole lot to say, but I do have a lot of notes here. Um, I'm not going to get into like every aspect of the season because that would just be way too much and I'd be talking forever. But let me, let me just say the things I want to say here. Uh, John Henry Irons, I thought was a really good character, uh, coming in as Captain Luthor, um, but actually not being him, um, essentially on his earth, Superman was bad and he had the black suit and everything. It was fucking badass and he was killing a lot of people and he was friends of Sam Lane, um, and married to Lois Lane on that earth and they had a daughter together named Natalie, named after, uh, 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 Lois's grandmother, I believe. And that was a whole thing in that episode. Oh my God. When she freaked out at Jonathan and then was in like therapy talking about her miscarriage and stuff. Oh my God. That fucking broke me. That broke me. Oh my God. There's so many moments in this season that just made me cry so much. Like it's very emotional and very like, heartfelt a lot of the stuff they do because it like has to do with family and I don't know just having like Jordan having this social anxiety and also having these powers which is a bad combination um and then having Jonathan kind of feeling jealous and also having to move to Smallville and leave everything behind uh that was in Metropolis same with Lois Lane, like, she had to leave the Daily Planet, but I'm sure she would have done that anyways, because Morgan Edge took over, but, um, yeah, I was happy she ended up working for, like, a smaller publication company, the, uh, the Smallville Gazette, um, Lana Lang in the show I, I, I enjoyed, uh, and her daughter Sarah, Sophie isn't in it a whole lot. There's even moments where I'm just like, where the fuck is Sophie during all this? Like, they have all these family moments, but Sophie's never around. I guess it makes sense, though. She's, like, the younger kid, so they don't want to have her around for more serious topics, like Kyle kind of being an alcoholic and stuff. Um, Kyle, I found to be a quite compelling character because he started off really hating him, but also kind of seeing where he's coming from. And then you just kind of feel bad for him after a while. He's, like, trying his best. And then some shit goes down with all the Kryptonian stuff and Morgan Edge's program. Um, I don't know. And then when, by the time he's back to normal, it's just like, I'm so happy for him and his family. Like, what a great arc for uh, this first season. I'm excited to see more of him going forward. But um, what else am I thinking about here morgan edge slash uh was it towel row i believe um didn't care for him as a villain i really didn't um that was probably the worst aspect of the season for me it's just the villain felt i mean he obviously wasn't weak but the writing felt kind of weak for him and also they had the whole thing with general zod being inside superman i believe that sounds sexual, but not meant in that sexual way. They're transferring uh, Kryptonian 
like, um, what do you, what's the word I'm looking for? Consciousness. They're, they're transferring Kryptonian consciousness into different people. And Superman, uh, well, General Zod's consciousness was put in a Superman, I believe, if I'm remembering the correct thing. Um, and I thought they could have done a lot more with that, but that ended pretty quickly. Um, it would have been cooler if it was, like, a different character or if, like, Morgan Edge became General Zod. That would have been a lot cooler. But it also makes me wonder if we're going to see that character going forward. Who knows? Um, overall, I did really enjoy this first season, though. And I'm most likely going to wait for all the episodes of season two to be out on HBO Max before I watch it. Just easier that way. Don't have to deal with commercials and I can just watch it all in one go. But overall, I would definitely recommend the series. Um... I don't know if it's my favorite out of everything the Arrowverse has produced, but it's definitely up there, especially with Tyler Hodgelin as uh, as Superman. I think he is the best Superman we've had since I don't even know when. I haven't really seen the original uh, Superman movies, but they're kind of hokey nowadays. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think he is a fantastic Superman, probably my favorite, and I'd probably have to say Henry Cavill is my second favorite now, but really solid show. I'm, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to say. Again, I didn't want to like break down the entire fucking season because that would be way too much, uh, but there were certain things I wanted to touch on. Oh, let me see. We get Thaddeus Kilgrave in an episode, which is the character from the Shazam movie, the villain from that movie. Um, there's a really cool fucking scene where uh, uh, Clark was chasing Tag Harris after Tag Harris had gotten powers and Tag ran across train tracks as the train was going and derailed it, but then Superman used, like, his heat vision and his super strength to get it back on the rails, and that was fucking badass. Um, first two episodes, it was kind of weird, because there were moments in both the episodes where Superman was falling at Earth, and they used that twice, back-to-back in, in two episodes, and I was just, like, interesting. And honestly, it's not the first time, well, I guess it wouldn't be the first time, those aren't the, aren't the only times that he falls to Earth in this series. Like, it happens quite often. Um, kind of funny, honestly. But didn't really bother me. Um, let me see here. Yeah, John Henry Irons ended up being a really good character. I really enjoyed him. Uh, we got John Diggle in an episode, too. He was, uh, he was barely there, but... He showed up for a bit towards the later half of the season. It's cool to see him. Um, again, I don't really keep up with much of that, but I watched the out of all the Arrowverse shows, I probably watched the most of Arrow, um, most likely at least. But yeah, I don't think I have much else to say. 
I think that might be about it. I guess I should mention what happens at the end of the season. Um, John Henry Iron's daughter shows up from the alternate universe and sees Lois and she's like, oh no, it's mom. And I'm just like, well, that's great. I mean, it could have ended on something a lot crazier, like that pot or whatever coming down and it being the real Lex Luthor. That's who I thought it was going to be at first. But then I was like, eh, that kind of doesn't make sense. The whole daughter reveal makes a lot more sense. But that should be interesting. I'm not sure what, uh, not sure to the extent they're, what they're going to do there. I'm sure she's not going to be too happy about her dad working with Superman. Um, and he'll definitely have to explain, like, no, this is a different Earth. Like, these people are different. Um, so we'll have to kind of go through that again. But yeah, um, Sam, uh, Lois's dad, he's stepping down from active duty. I thought that was a really, really big of him because he was definitely an asshole throughout these episodes, but I would say he redeemed himself for the most part. I still don't trust him that much, but I trust him enough. But yeah, that's really all I have to say in terms of spoilers for this first season of Superman and Lois, but I did really enjoy all the characters in here, especially the main four, um, with Jordan, Jonathan, Lois, and Clark, slash Kal-El, slash Superman. <laughs> but... Yeah, there was even an episode in here where it was just all like flashbacks and showing us how Superman met Lois and all that kind of stuff. And we even get to see him change in a phone booth like he classically does. Um, all of that was really great. And then there was like an interview with Lois as well. Um, really cool. Really great episode. Probably my favorite out of all of them. But yeah, that's all I have to say. Um... Thanks for listening to this portion. Let's get on to the next. All right, Peacemaker, episode five, Monkey Dory. So I'm going to be getting straight into spoilers for this episode. Um, so if you don't want to hear any spoilers for episode five of Peacemaker, I recommend you click off because uh, this is the last topic of this podcast episode. But general review right off the bat. Uh, not my favorite episode so far, but I still thought it was fun, and it was hilarious, so there you go. But yeah, if you don't want to hear any spoilers, just go ahead and click off. Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Culture Podcast. Head over to my Instagram page, as I said before, um, on my website. Uh, there's a link in the bio on my Instagram page. It takes you to my website, and I have a link over to my uh, bonfire page where I'm selling t-shirts with my logo on it so please go pick one of those up and also just follow do all that kind of shit if you're on youtube like comment subscribe do all that kind of stuff now let's get into peacemaker episode five spoilers now i will say i don't have a whole lot to say about this episode there aren't like huge spoilers i mean there definitely are but it's not like this episode is jam-packed with like easter eggs and stuff like that as far as i saw but like I said before about Book of Boba Fett, I believe, um, definitely go check out New Rockstars. They always have good breakdowns of these kinds of TV shows. But in this episode, uh, and I don't always go very linear when it comes to talking about the episode. I don't like to talk about it from the beginning to the end. Um, 
I kind of just jump around certain parts that really surprised me and stuff like that. Uh, in this episode, Peacemaker has a helmet that he can essentially like see through walls and it's essentially like x-ray and he can also see into people's brains so he can tell if they're butterflies or not. And I didn't even think about the implications of, oh my God, if this is used around Mern, they're going to figure out he's a butterfly. I didn't even think about that until it happened in the very end of the episode when the Leota put on Peacemaker's helmet and saw that Mern was a butterfly. So I'm very excited to see what they do going forward, uh, like in the next episode, um, what's going to happen to Leota, because I really like her character. Um, just a really interesting character, having her mom be Amanda Waller and having all these people around her talking about how terrible her mother is and her trying not to be like her, but also trying to listen to her, um, especially in this episode when she, uh, her mom told her to put peacemaker's diary in his trailer for him to see which i'm sure a lot of his childhood he like blocked out and in that diary it just says more about what his dad did to him or else why would he be asking harcourt about what it says in his file maybe it was just so traumatic for him that he blocked it all out but um yeah uh what else happens in this episode i'm surprised Leota didn't find the butterfly in uh, Peacemaker's trailer. I guess he must have hid it away. Um, but they go to this huge warehouse and they find a bunch of bottles of the like goop that the butterflies eat. Um, that was really an awesome scene. And then we get the gorilla, which I was hoping would be Gorilla Grodd. We even hear, hear the gorilla talk at one point. Um, but... Economos ends up coming in with the chainsaw and fucking kills that fucker. And I'm a little disappointed because they could have used that character going forward. But at the same time, it was fucking badass that Economos did that. Now, I feel like Peacemaker and Economos are kind of buddies now. Honestly, they're all their their dynamic is like getting a lot closer. And I don't know. It's just really fun to watch that having all these people become buddies. But uh, in Peacemaker's trailer, I saw a newspaper clipping. I, I forgot exactly what it said, but it said something about Peacemaker with Kite Man. And if you don't know who Kite Man is, he's kind of like one of those devious characters from DC. Uh, he was in the Harley Quinn animated show with Kaylee Cuoco, I believe is her name. Um, if you haven't watched that show, I highly recommend you watch it. I believe it's on HBO Max. Um, so if you're watching Peacemaker... You most likely have HBO Max. Max, go, go check out uh, the Harley Quinn show. It's really good. What else here? Um, I don't think I have anything else left to say. Like I said, I didn't have like a whole lot to say about this episode. Um, but Detective Song is kind of on Peacemaker. Uh, Pe Peacemaker's trail knows something's up, but. They're just trying to cover up even more in the police station that Augie was the one that did the crimes. Augie being Peacemaker's dad. Um, I don't know. How many episodes are left of this this uh, show? Is it going to be like Book of Boba Fett and only be like seven episodes? Let me see. Peacemaker. And he said his line again in this episode, uh, eat peace, motherfucker, I think he said. Or peace out, motherfucker. Badass. 
Uh, there's going to be eight episodes, looks like. Right? Yeah, so we have three episodes left still. Looking forward to it. Last episode will air on February 17th. Next one's coming January 27th. I am ready for it. Uh, this has been a really fun series so far. It's hilarious. I love John Cena's portrayal of Peacemaker in the show. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of Peacemaker in the Suicide Squad, but I still like John Cena in that film. Uh, and this is just making me love the character even more and making me feel for him, which I never thought I'd do after he killed Flag. But yeah, that's all I got for the episode today. Uh, nothing left to say about Peacemaker Episode 5, but yeah, great episode. Not my favorite so far, but still a really solid one. Thank you guys for listening. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, if you're on Facebook, or not Facebook, if you're on YouTube, Leave a like, subscribe, comment, do all that stuff. I would love to hear from you. Um, tell me your picks for a multiversal, uh, multiversal Avengers team, your actors that you'd pick. Love to hear that. Uh, if you head over to my Instagram page, the link in the bio will take you to my uh, website where you will find links to where to listen to this, where to watch it, um, links to my social media pages as well as a new link i added on there to my bonfire store where i'm selling a t-shirt with the logo uh, on it it looks really great i already got a few sold and yeah i would really appreciate if you guys went and uh went and bought those to support me in the podcast uh they're really cool and i got one coming for myself as well um yeah don't think i have anything else left to say so i will see you in the next episode